You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres wrap up their latest series against the Giants here at Petco. And hosting our program, it's Mike Janella, who has the unique ability of turning pretty much anything into a baseball analogy. When pinch hitting during the quote-unquote change, always cover the quote-unquote bat so the sprinklers don't go off. Alongside Mike, we've got Randy Jones, who's not the, but is one of the elder statesmen for Padres Social Hour. A lot has changed since your day. Well, it's just been a few years. Uh, And rounding out the crew, it's the new dad. And yes, he loves it when you call him Big Papa, Mike Grace. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Randy Jones, and Mike Grace. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Padre Social Hour. I can do Biggie Smalls references all day, all day, every day, if you I want. Know. I can you tell. Can all, all I want. What day is it? Thursday. I know. You know what day is it? You always tell me it's elephant. That's day a or very good question. Frog oh, day or actually, Randy, I was going to save this until later, but you want to get right to it? Well, yeah, I got to know. It's been the number one trend on Twitter all day. National Send a Nude Day. You send a nude photo to somebody. Oh. I bet you give the people what they want, Randy. Ooh, Let's just ooh. drop trout and start but the show. Who in God's name came up with this day? I don't know. I mean, but it's been literally the number one trend nationwide. I bet it was a guy. I bet it was a guy. Or did they block all those pictures or are they just all over Twitter? It's all in the in the, the dark part of the internet. It's not on Twitter. It's just kind of a, a wink and a nod to what's going on the off of Twitter. Dark side yeah. of so Twitter. why don't we pull the sleeves up, show a little yeah, skin. A little today. skin there, Randy. That's what the people want here on Padre Social hey, come Hour. On, you're a new dad. You can't be doing that kind okay, of thing. Okay, I gotta class it up. I'm no, sorry. I'm on, sorry, man. I apologize. How's it going? You haven't lost the kid yet? No, Things he's still good. he's still intact. He's still at home. Uh, he's doing great. And you're getting rest. You I'm getting good. rest. Yeah, you we got really a nice little schedule. A new dad. Thank you. Well, that's so kind of you. Uh, no, impressed. we got a nice little schedule. You think that'll last or no? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll know when it changes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be I'll able to tell. Padres <laughs> baseball. That'll be good. Just baby spit up all over his shirts and everything. <laughs> It'll be looking really good. Nice. Um, all right, so the Padres not playing the best baseball the last two nights, but we still have a good show coming up. We actually were planning to have Andy Green swing by. So we'll ask him about some of the recent struggles and how to turn things around. Uh, We've been asking for you guys to send us in questions for Andy. Do it now, too, if you haven't already. Hashtag PadresSH and let us know. There's also the chat going on at Padres.com slash social hour. So tonight's the series finale, Giants and Padres. Uh, Last night, nothing really to break down. I mean, it was basically the Cueto show. The offense wasn't there. And do you guys have any more analysis besides that? Because that pretty much sums it up for me. Deja vu. You know, back-to-back days. You know, just yeah, got, two got, complete got, games. Got, got out, yeah, I pitched. You know, that, a couple of you know great jobs by them, Baumgartner and Cueto last night. You know, very efficient on his pitches, and which I found really intriguing. I mean, I don't know if if I credit you know Cueto for doing that, like a six-pitch inning, or is that the Padres' fault? It, it, Andy Green didn't seem like he was real happy with the approach that a lot of the hitters took. Yeah. He thought they chased and, a little and bit and really helped him out. So he, I, did, he didn't seem to about asking that. Andy about that, about I well, mean, you pitch still selection. Can. And all of a sudden you look up, Quinn has got 70 pitches, and, 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 our, and our pitcher has 109. Yeah, that's, it's been a problem is the pitch efficiency on the bump for the Padres, and then also 
they're bottom three, I think, in strikeout percentage, major league-wide, as in terms of third worst. Exactly. They're, they're also bottom three for walk percentage, so they're not taking any pitches. So they're just a little undisciplined right now. That's been the big buzzword for Andy Green the last 24 hours, I think. I like that. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing. You look at uh, even the guys that are going well, they're not walking, they're not getting on base. So one that's not pushing the starting pitchers to throw more pitches, and you're just not giving yourself a lot of room for, for mistakes because if you're not getting guys on base via walks, the hits are going to be there, but it, it's, it's a lot of times that finite number. So you get guys on in front of those hits, and, know, and it's it, just not there. And then you start watching some of the guys in the middle of the lineup, and you see them swinging at a pitch. You go, really, that's the pitch you were looking for? And you, you hit like a weak fly ball to right. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe you should you know, go a little bit deeper in the count. Yeah, it's tough because you want you can preach aggression, jump on a pitcher early. If he's throwing you something good, jump on it. But then it's, you know, wait, work the count. Yeah. It's always a balancing act, it, always. It, it is amazing, too, because you look at Cueto and uh, strike one, and he's one of the best in the league at throwing strike one, always getting ahead of hitters. So why would you be looking at fastball first pitch? And, and then you really don't against Cueto. It, it's, it's really unique. I was tough. Uh, there was a tweet that came in uh, that I saw a little, was it earlier today? Yeah, or last night, I guess, after the game, uh, from Chris Jackson. And he says, after the loss yesterday, so tired of, parentheses, I want to cuss, losing to the Giants or Dodgers. It seems like I am the only one who cares. Uh, I bet there's a bunch of guys in the dugout over there that, that do care, and yeah. us too. But I wanted to ask you this, because... And uh, Ben Higgins, friend of the show, who frequents the couch often, he had a great stat on Twitter last night. So the uh, Padres against the Dodgers and Giants are 2-9 and nine this season. Against everyone else, a winning record, 15-14. and 14. So let me ask you guys, as, you know, from a Padres fan perspective, is it extra frustrating that it's these same two rivals beating you down, or would you feel the same frustration if this was happening with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks or any no. other team from outside the division? Uh, this, this would be more frustrating, but... I think you're talking about the two teams you need to beat. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna measure where you're at in your division, I mean that two and nine record pretty much sums it up in my opinion. You got to play better baseball against these two teams. These two rivals are yeah, that's a good lineup. Both of those are pretty good lineups. They find ways of getting it done, and that's where the Padres have to get stay healthy and, and get, find does a it, way to get it done. Does it anger you, Gracie, or do you not really care one way or the other who the the opposition is? I, if they're playing this poorly. I only care that it's obviously in division. I mean, if it were the Rockies and the D-backs and say they were beating up on the Giants and the Dodgers, then maybe you feel a little I mean, you obviously hate their fans coming here, having that success, and, and listening to it. Um, they're, they they're, were loud last night, They the were Giants loud. They, they travel well. I understand they've won a lot of ball games the last few years. Um, that's the thing, like Randy said. I mean, if, if you want to actually compete in the division – You've got to compete in the division. You've got to be able to at least play 500 ball yeah. with these teams that, uh, hey, you're, that five you're trying and six, to catch. Something so. like that. Hey, okay, you know, you're, I mean, you're right there. You know, it, it's a hard comparison because, like, okay, do I care if we're not good against the Mariners? You play them four times a year, but you play each of these teams 19 times, and if you're going to have this level of success or, or non-success, I should say, it's going to be really yeah. frustrating. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'd say it does more. It is more angering. The Dodgers, Giants. I hate losing to those guys. It's just, it's just awful. What were you thinking last night? Because you're here at the ballpark every night when those fans, when they're cheering, the uh, opposition guys, and we saw it with the Dodgers earlier in this year. It's got to boil your blood a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, I'm used to it. I mean, you know, and, and not to say anything about Padres or Padres fans, it's just it's easy for fans of other teams, especially California teams, to get down here. There is a, there's a huge contingent of Giants fans living in San Diego, so they're going to come to these and, games. And there's a lot of people who can get – it might be easier to get a ticket here than up, up you yeah, know, you're probably in San right. Francisco. They come exactly. Down and watch so, I mean, they're going to be around. I, 
you know, it doesn't anger me any more than it did when they were doing it for Barry Bonds. Yeah, uh, it's just, yeah, uh, struggles, and hopefully that's something that can get changed with some Padres winning soon. All right, we've got Andy Green here, so we'll have him on set here in just a minute. But first, a reminder to be at Petco Park this Sunday, May 22nd, to catch the Padres face the Dodgers at 140 and snag a free Padres all-star game-themed reusable bag presented by MLB Network. All fans in attendance will receive a bag. Tickets available at Padres.com. Like I said, keep those questions coming. Andy Green with us right here on set, live after this. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back inside the AMR studio, getting you set for the series finale tonight at 6-10 first pitch between the Padres and the Giants. And joining us now is a real treat. Andy Green, skipper of the club. How you doing? Good. Good to be with you guys. That's nice, Skip. Thanks for coming down. Always good to be with you, Randy. Like Always that. good. Love that. I'm glad one of us on this set can say that because you're not going <laughs> to get those kind of compliments <laughs> out of me, RJ. I understand, man. Uh, Andy, last we had you on was right before opening day. So it's been now a month and change. Uh, how's things going so far? Just a big picture for you personally. Yeah, I, I think we've got a group of guys that are grinding incredibly hard. I think they're leaving it out on the field every single day. Uh, we've obviously come up a little short in the win column from where we'd like to be. But uh, I, I think what you see is tremendous effort. And I think we've obviously endured a lot of injuries early in the season. We've lost some key pieces. Uh, finally, nice to see Alexia Marista come back yesterday and hopefully Solarte here in a few days and uh, getting closer and closer to a healthy ball club. But uh, please, defensively, with what we've done. I think pitching, we're pleased with what we've done, especially when you endured the loss of Tyson Ross early, uh, Robbie Erlin, Andrew Kashner now. Uh, I think you've got to be pleased with the bullpen, in particular like Ryan Bookter, Brandon Maurer, Fernando Rodney, probably as effective as any seven, eight, any nine guys in baseball right now. So I think overall, get back to health, continue to fight, and uh, try to win some games against the division. And you know, Andy, when you talk about that, when you got guys on the deal that go down, and some of your younger guys are getting opportunities to get at bats and get to play. You know, and I remember that, that's your opportunity to get to the big leagues a lot of time and, and show what you can do. And I still hope that a lot of these young guys still feel that way when they get here. It's part of that learning curve, and we all know that. You know, but it's a unique opportunity they're getting right now, whether it be Cesar Vargas, you know, getting you know, every fifth day getting the baseball from you and that type of thing. It's invaluable for them. Yeah, I think you look at Vargi in particular, like the guy's been outstanding. He's come out of nowhere from the Yankees organization as a reliever in double A, and then all of a sudden he's in a major league rotation the next year throwing that cutter and, and, and having a great deal of success. You know, he's pitched very effectively for us, and uh, we need to get him a win, get him in that column that and help. get him going. But uh, uh, you got to be pleased with his effort early on, and I think some of the young guys have stepped up. Yeah, and, you know, and I think that's really unique. And, you know, it would be nice to see maybe a lineup somewhat similar every day when everybody gets healthy, you got to be looking forward to that whenever it might happen. Yeah, I think once you see Solarte back in the heart of the order, that's going to help us immensely. We, uh, we, we've run a fairly consistent lineup out there. It just hasn't been quite as productive as we like. I think we've had stretches of uh, flashes of great Matt Kemp and great Will Myers. I think we've had a pretty consistent Melvin Upton. Uh, John Jay's been consistent. Uh, you kind of like look through the order and where you're going to get your run production. Those are the four guys that are really going to drive the train. And uh, I think Brett Wallace has had some stretches of really good at-bats for us. I think we just got to start uh, stockpiling at-bat after at-bat, quality at-bats together if we want to win some baseball games. Has the Solarte injury been the most difficult one for you to try and game plan around? Uh, you, you know, he as a left-handed bat, 
in the infield, it, it was difficult to replace, has been difficult to replace, and he's a big part of our offense. So you, you start opening day hitting in the five hole, obviously we think a lot of you. Uh, you don't losing your ace on opening day, you know, Tyson Ross getting one start hurts a lot. And I think just kind of the cumulative effect of all the injuries starts to take its toll after a while. But I think what you see more than anything is a group of guys that have pretty much been in every single baseball game, and now it's time to get over the hump. Now, uh, one of the things you mentioned in passing before, you're happy with the defense so far. Let's talk some more stuff you're happy with, and the shifting has obviously been a huge point of discussion uh, in your first season here. Some people on this set aren't that happy with shifting in baseball in general, but it's been working. Are you happy with the performance so far and what you've been able to implement? Yeah, I think when you look up and what our defense has done, when you consider uh, the, the type of guys that are playing out of position, Jose Perella didn't take a ground ball at second base in spring training because we looked at him as a left fielder, but you lose four infielders and all of a sudden he's your second baseman. Uh, you know, Brett Wallace was primarily a first baseman, bat off the bench, and now he's your third baseman. Uh, so we've had some guys like technically playing out of position, but I think the positioning element of what we've done defensively has been really good. I think you look up and you see a, a outfield. If you look at defensive runs saved is at the top of the league in baseball, like doing a good job with a group of guys that, you know, are outperforming expectations. You look at the infield, like shift run saves are near the top of the league. And, um, you know, you feel good about what you've done. I think Derek Norris has been a tremendous game caller, especially over the last month and change. I think I he's used both sides of the plate very well. Uh, I think we've seen strides in that department. And I think you've seen the, us reap the reward of that, too, with the quality starts our pitchers have been having. So uh, I think those are things that, like pluses at this point in time. All we need to get you is maybe a couple more hits with runners in scoring position, and I think you'd be a happy camper. You know that? I tell you what, I'm not going to let uh, a few losses early in May affect how I am or my disposition. So, like, I'm still happy. I'm still grinding. But I, I still have the expectation this team can be great. And, yeah. like, that's what we're fighting for every day. And, uh, you, you know, we get Matt Kemp rolling like he can roll and like he has rolled in the past. Like, those guys, uh, they can carry us. In, in a lot of days, that's, that is the challenge. Keep that rolling. Keep that positive attitude. And, you know, that use the skipper. You know, you got you to keep relaying that message, reminding everybody, your coaches, everybody else. Hey, let's work hard and make it happen. Yeah, these guys, these guys are putting in the work. These guys are uh, hungry to win baseball <laughs> games, and uh, we'll keep fighting. I love it. Let's get to some of the uh, Twitter questions that have come in for you, uh, Andy. Uh, the first one, so last night, another one-run loss. You guys have had not a great record, 5-10 and ten in those this year. Uh, this one from Mike. Is there something the Padres could be doing to improve one-run record, or is it just a matter of bad luck? Uh, I think it's a very fair question. I think you look up most of our one-run losses have been of the 1-0 or 2-1 variety where we've struggled to create things offensively. They haven't been of the variety of you got a 6-4 to four lead and they come back and they beat you 7-6 to six when you have some decisions to make in those moments. Uh, it's just offensively we got to stack good at bat on top of good at bat. And I, I think the 1-0 losses, the 2-1 losses, uh, I don't know that they're strategic in nature. I think it's just like Offense has to come, and you, you look up at the guys we faced. I, I venture to say that very few teams in baseball have run up as many against as many high-quality pitchers as we have early in the season. Just the way the luck of the draw has been for us, where like you see Bumgarner, uh, Cueto, and then Samarja for the second straight time, and uh, you've seen Kershaw every time you face the Dodgers, and like we've run into everybody's aces, and that's that's baseball. If you want to be good, you got to win those games, but. Aces typically find a yeah, way to win 2-1 games. Isn't that right, RJ? Well, you should see a 4 or 5 every once in a while, though. You yeah. think so. You but know, you'd think. You you know, you're absolutely right. You've really been seeing a lot of 1-2-3s. Yeah, we sure have. It should make you better. It, it should make us better and it'll harden us for the fight the rest of the way. Uh, this question coming in from Sackbun Chris. Uh, and Andy, you love your research and your numbers. Are batter, pitcher, historical matchup stats important to you? Where does that fit into your 
preparation? It's a piece of the puzzle. It's not a big piece of the puzzle in my mind. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's, you know, there's a lot of stuff you look at, but you have to be aware that players are cognizant of what they've done against specific pitchers and hitters. Are like the, I, I bet you know some of the guys you faced back right, in the day, right. and you know exactly who you owned and who you didn't own. Yeah, I, I didn't need a book. It was, it was right here. I, I knew exactly <laughs> who I owned and who I was scared to death of. Who, who, who owned you, RJ? I, Did anybody own Steve you? Steve Garvey with the Dodgers kind of owned me. He could yeah. read my mind. That made me nervous. <laughs> we looked at those stats, and, yeah, he, he had a collar you. on you. Cool. Man. There's an element of truth to them, even though sabermetricians will try to downplay their value. If you believe something has value in your head and you go to the box to hit, then it has value. I mean, that's that's just the way psychology works. So they are very much a piece of the puzzle, but there's other things to factor into the equation as well. Love it. We've got this one from James Clark. Uh, You're an excellent communicator, Andy, and I'm sure uh, you've heard that plenty of times. But what do you view as a trait you still need to work on in order to be more successful as a manager? Ooh, we're not messing around wow. at all. No, huh? no. We've got good fans here. They ask the hard-hitting questions. I appreciate the veiled compliment before he smacks me. <laughs> a little sandwich uh, compliment. In there. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it very much. Uh, you know, like one of the great challenges uh, when you switch to managing at the major league level from managing at the minor league level or even coaching at the minor league level is when you're doing those jobs, your hands are on the players directly every day. Like you are really working with the players on a consistent basis. As a manager in the major leagues, you have to force those interactions consistently because you got infield coaches, you got outfield coaches, you got catching coaches, you got hitting coaches, you got uh, pitching coaches and bullpen coaches. So you're working through a staff uh, instead of working directly with the players all the time. And, uh, you know, there's a part of me that, like, needs to be a consistent encourager to the coaches I have on staff because these guys are giving absolutely everything they have every single day and uh, they're doing everything they can to make these guys as good as they can be and working through those guys is, is a difference and it's a challenge it's a different work uh, type of work than, than I did in the minor leagues and I did as an infield coach. What about all the rest of this stuff the media demands all the different appearances the extra stuff outside of just working with the players how are you handling that so far? Yeah, talking to you is fun Mike it's well, easy that man. I, try like, make, <laughs> I try and make this a safe space for you Andy. Yeah, no that, that doesn't give me a great deal of stress like I'm comfortable in, in that element and not worried about it and you know comfortable doing those types of things I, I the bulk of the job is the players it always will be the players it's uh, you know the media is important but it's the players it's connecting with those 25 guys and making sure they know that you have their best interests in mind and you're fighting for them. We have John Jay back? He's back today. Ah. Yeah, no, finally the cavalry's coming in yes. a little bit, uh, which must be very uh, encouraging for you, Andy. Uh, last one. This is not really a question, but uh, just more of a suggestion from Ethan B 53 He wants to know if you can get a Twitter made, Andy. This is social hour. We've got to be able to get you tweeting and getting online. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some fake accounts pop up. I don't see myself doing it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, got, I got a pretty full plate right now. I don't need to worry about what's going on in the Twitterverse. Yeah, I got to say, you're probably busy enough. Just a, and they're uh, going to tweet for you, so just yeah, get over yeah, it. Yeah, plenty that's of people. What, that's what you do, right? I would never put words uh-huh. in your mouth, Andy. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, tweet some, I'll tweet some stuff out there for you. You know, he loves to ask you the tough questions as long as he's reading them from somebody else. He likes this. Mike likes this. That's yeah. how you're a professional broadcaster. You always put the, pass the buck down the road. You know? You're giving away my trade <laughs> Roll secrets, under the bus, Andy. Man. Yeah, I don't Good like job. that. Uh, anything else for Andy while we got him, No, RJ? no, I, it's, I think it's great in, in the attitude you're talking about it on the, the last few days about, you know, maybe better – Better at bats, better pitch sequences, maybe a little more patience at the plate from our hitters. Uh, when you see Cueto throwing 70 pitches and seven an inch, and you know, all of a sudden our lefty's throwing 109, uh, kind of maybe maybe there's something there, what you were talking about. 
Yeah, there's uh, making pitchers work is important, and uh, you know the Giants have done that very well. They yeah. they, they they don't punch out very easily, and they, they made Drew Pomeranz yeah, work, and, and they kind of wait for you to make that mistake. That's mm -hmm. what they're hoping for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to do a little bit better job of that, I think, at the plate. I hear you. I'm right there with you. All right, Andy, thank you for swinging by. Good luck tonight and the rest of the series, and we'll Thanks, uh, have you back again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Andy Green, Padres manager. Don't miss Padres Cocktail Fest, presented by Southwest Airlines and supported by Las Vegas. Scroll down to Petco Park Friday. That's tomorrow, May 20th, before Padres and Dodgers at 740, and sample handcrafted cocktails from your favorite San Diego restaurants and bars. Tickets at Padres.com slash party. We keep Social Hour rolling on right after this. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. We're back here on this Thursday afternoon getting you set for some Thursday evening action. Giants and Padres coming up. we got a jam-packed AMR studio, a lot of visitors. What's up, guys? Yeah. Noise. We had uh, Andy Green just here before, and thanks again to Andy. And now rejoining us is Mike Grace, and we'll talk about the takeaways from that interview here in just a sec. But want to let you guys know about a contest going on right now. The Padres official account earlier tweeted out uh, saying, kicking off a new series tomorrow, Dodgers are in town. Retweet to enter a chance to win four tickets in the landing. That's the cool new seating section right below the video boards. Great views yep. uh, for a chance to be at, at tomorrow's game. So head to at Padres and get yourself involved. Retweet. Wow. We're, we're going to be giving away some tickets for this weekend series on this show tomorrow for Saturday and Sunday. Wow. So tune back in tomorrow. Might be some very interesting seats up for grabs, so definitely make sure to uh, stick might with us. Be in the front row. Ooh. <laughs> might, have, uh, might have you pinch hit late in the game if the <laughs> offense keeps struggling. Um, all right, Mike, you were uh, here listening to the Andy Green interview that we had. Any big takeaways from what you heard? Uh, Sackbunt Chris with a great question, and the, I love the way he answered it. The fact that he knows what's going on in the sabermetrics community. He understands and is willing to listen to what people theorize about player batter stats and what it means. He takes the baseball side of it, but he also takes the analytics side, and he takes in all those different things and makes what he thinks is the, the most informed decision. And, and that's what I've really loved about him. And he mentioned the defense. I've loved the defense all year. I mean, Me he's too. taken some guys that the last couple of years have struggled defensively and made them adequate to average defenders, and it's really made a difference for this pitching staff. Uh, so, so far, uh, big fan of Andy Green. Yeah, not a lot of extra outs, and that's just through hard work. Yeah, the shift will have, have an impact, but still, if you, you talk about the solid defense we've had, it's just a good place, good, solid, you know, defense that we've had. And we always talk about not giving the, the opportunity an extra out to the other team well, and, and he, how important that and, is. And he works defense every day, oh, yes. every single day. I mean, they don't take traditional infield like you used to see right after batting practice, but every single day before BP, he's out there with guys working defense. So it's something that he's really pushed on this team. They've taken to it, and you've seen the results. Yes, I agree. It's been the most frustrating thing for me. And as a former pitcher, obviously, RJ, yesterday the offense, a lot of different guys as they're being interviewed saying, pitching's doing great, it's on us, we got to pick them up. Uh, you have, did you appreciate that back in the day when you're doing well, defense is doing well, but the runs just aren't there, the guys kind of publicly taking no. a little bit of the No, it didn't make any difference. No? It's about the results. Of, am I winning ball games and making a difference? Are we winning every fourth day when I hit the mound? That's, you know, 
They can say whatever they See, want. I would have liked that. At least, hey, you guys are well, owning up to cheap. it I'd a little bit. I'd be yelling at yeah. the club. It talks cheap, man. Get it done. <laughs> you tell them the press. Come on. They don't care what's said into a microphone. Uh, yeah, they, you know. I, it would reassure my ego a little uh, bit. Like, all right, at least I, you guys know you're messing up and that you're letting me down. At least you admit a, it Took a left-handed starting pitcher with that stuff in the paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple tweets coming in uh, here through the break. Uh, Beth Higgins saying that Andy's doing awesome with what he has right now. Uh, Friar Gal saying she... I can have the Giants fans moving back to San Francisco. Don't need them here. So she's hoping for a win. <laughs> Talk about those fans that have invaded here the last couple of days. Uh, Randy, speaking of your playing days, today is a very important anniversary. Do you remember what happened on this day in 1975? Yes. What it happened? It has to be one thing. I, I think I beat the St. Louis Cardinals. You did. This was so on May 19, 1975, the year before your that. Cy Young season. A complete game, 10-inning, one-hit shutout against the Cardinals, and uh, you remember who got that hit off of you? Luis Melendez, a little, it was a ground ball to my right. It tipped off the side of my glove and rolled toward the shortstop for a base hit, infield hit. So you should have had it. I should have had it. And you would have had a no-hitter. Uh-huh. A 10-inning no-hitter. I, mean, yeah. I mean, it was right there, and it, it tipped off my glove. And that was in the seventh inning, too, so you had it cooking. You knew yeah. what was, oh, what was happening. Yeah, and then you know, Johnny Grubb hit the home run to, in the 10th. Walk to, off in the 10th. It was awesome. Never forget it. That's incredible. Let me ask you this. So according to uh, GameScore, which is a Bill James stat that's you know, supposed to rank games by how well they are overall, that was a 90 game score. To put that in perspective, Kerry Woods' 20 strikeout game, seen by many as the greatest game ever pitched, was a 105. So to get in that neighborhood with the 90, very impressive. It was yeah. the highest game score game of your career. Did you think that was the best game you pitched? It was, it was definitely one of them. It had to be in the top three, top five, for but sure. But you wouldn't say it's a no-doubt number one for you? No. What, what are your other contenders? Well, I have one of the contenders is the perfect game I took against the Reds at home at a perfect game going into the eighth. And then didn't we... We uh, talked about that one. That was that double he smoked off you, that backup catcher, right? Bill Plummer. That game. <laughs> Bill Plummer, you know. I jammed him with a slider, and he had a little flare to right, and just get out of the reach. And, and, and you say smoked. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah we brought that up a couple of weeks ago. Andy did not take well to that. I, I was still a little bitter about that. <clears throat> but, I, yeah, that was an awfully well-pitched game. And I, I remember one day in the Mets, I beat Tom Seaver 3 to nothing in 76. I think it was a May start. And he had, he had beat me over the Cy Young the year before, and we had about 40, 43,000 people on a Wednesday night you know, for our matchup there at, at the Murph. And, and we won three to nothing, and that was a pretty memorable game. Yeah. About this game, the wow. anniversary today, also two hours on the dot for a 10-inning ball game. Can you imagine that? Yes. Yeah, it, I can imagine it. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, I can imagine. I can pray for yeah, it, but yeah, you can't yeah. imagine it. Uh, that's for sure. All right, we're going to come back in a little bit and talk uh, the Thursday 3. It's a new segment we unveiled last week, so that'll be exciting. But before that, make sure to join the Padres for Pride Night at Petco Park. That's this Saturday, May 21st. Enjoy a night of mingling and baseball as the Padres host the Dodgers for a 7-10 start. With the purchase of a special ticket package, you'll give a donation to San Diego Pride and receive a Pride-themed Padres rally towel. Tickets at Padres.com slash theme games. When we come back, we're going to be talking some of the greatest athletes of all time to hang it up early. Don't go anywhere. This is Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. What's up? What's up? Welcome on back to Padres Social Hour. Check out this stat. If the Giants win tonight, it'll be their first perfect road trip of seven games or more, so 7-0 and or better on the road, since 1913. Oh, my. 
That's over 100 years. Wow. That's a long time. Bill Centerman remembers that. I think he was covering that game, yeah, back in the day. Up <laughs> <laughs> in the press box. Um, like all right, time now for a new segment. We debuted it last week called the Thursday Three. Every Thursday I put out on Twitter earlier in the day uh, a topic that we try and rank a top three. We like to get some feedback, and now we unveil uh, the rankings here on the show. You can let us know if you agree, disagree, hate us, love us, uh, using hashtag PadresSH. Here was the question. So David Ortiz having a great season. Yep. I think he's leading the majors in OPS. He's crushing clutch home runs. He's promising home runs to kids with cancer and then hitting them later that night. Like He's just having a season for the ages, and he's calling it quits supposedly still after this season. So it got me thinking about other athletes who retired voluntarily in their prime. So someone like a Bo Jackson who had a hip disease or someone who was forced out because of injury wasn't talking about that. I'm talking about you decided when you still got it to call it quits. Before I reveal my final three, and we'll be rolling some of the answers uh, that we got from Twitter throughout the course of this segment here earlier today, who comes to mind for you guys? I told you, Koufax. I know you're saying he quit by injury, but still I thought he... You know, for the short career that he had and how phenomenal his career was, you know, um, still it just it was unheard of when he when he retired that early. Randy, he's such a rule breaker. I'm t- sorry, man, but I, that's <laughs> so, what yeah, I think. No of, injury thing, and there he you goes know? going for it. All right, uh, old timer, I guess. Who do you think about Grace? Uh, right off the bat, Michael Jordan. I was like the biggest Michael Jordan fan when I was a kid, so you know that was a know. very popular one today, and I yeah, disagree I mean, with it a, because he came back twice. Like he never was done he retired twice he was still the best to me that's that's he was still the best player in the world when he retired the second time you know i I mean i wouldn't argue with that so i mean he's up there uh barry sanders he was unbelievable still in his prime jim brown uh was amazing when he not that i remember it or saw it but you know everything i've read he was still in the prime of his career uh bjorn borg I uh, I did did a little research. I came across him. Yeah, twenty seven. I mean, that's kind of the prime of a tennis player's career. Wow. They're they they don't peak early like a, a football player or a basketball player. Twenty seven is like usually when they're really hitting their stride. And he'd already won eleven majors and decided I just yeah. can't take the lifestyle anymore. I'm just I'm burned out. That's yeah, a good one. Absolutely. Uh, Crazy digging deep for I'm some of these. You. I like it. Well, and it's funny because there's hardly any baseball guys. It, it's it's almost all football and basketball. Yeah, because you know? it's hardly the baseball guy. You know, you know, and yeah. an, an interesting, interesting one is Magic Johnson. Imagine if he had contracted HIV and he was playing today. I think with medicine and society now, he plays right through that. I don't think he has to retire You're when he contracts right. a disease like that. Oh, and he was point. 31 and still at the top of his game. So, yeah, but who you know. are your three? So here's my top three. And you can, again, let us know using hashtag PadresSH if you agree with this list or not. So I liked all those. They were all great. Here's my three. Number three, Bobby Jones, the golfer. 31 majors he was in. He won 13 of them. The only man to ever win the calendar Grand Slam in one year. He retired when he was 28. Didn't want to be caged in by the sport anymore, he said. So wow. good for him. That's my number three. Number two, Jim Brown. I mean, one of the most famous, you know, leave early in your career uh, cases ever. Nine seasons he played, four times he was the MVP. That's pretty good. That's eight, crazy. Eight times he was a first-team All-Pro in nine seasons. Great actor, though. Great actor. He left at age 29. Uh, still the Browns franchise all-time leading rusher, which says, I think, a lot about the Browns as much as it does about Jim Brown. Number one for me, I'm going to the ice. Ken Dryden, Montreal Canadiens goalie, retired at age 31 after just seven seasons. He won five Stanley Cups in seven years. He went 258 and 57, won five Vezina trophies, and decided to just, he was done with hockey. He was just finished. He went on to become a, an author, a politician. He was in cabinet in Canada. I mean, he had other things to do, but I think 
with everything he did in that short amount of time, just calling it quits like that. Hockey players play until they're like 43. Wow. Absolutely. He left yeah. a lot on the table. Blooper, what do you got? Two things. One, I'm shocked you were able to talk about Jim Brown and not mention Syracuse once. That was unbelievably impressive. I figured I wasn't going to go there. It was very predictable, but Blooper had to go. He was also, people say, a better lacrosse player than football right. players. Right. All-American lacrosse at Syracuse, too. And my other to thing is uh, Megatron, recent one. Yep. Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson. That's yeah. a very recent one. Yeah. I think in football we'll be seeing that a lot more as things move along, unfortunately, because yep. of all the injury risks. Um, all right, so let us know what you think about the Thursday three. And uh, quickly now, I want to put you guys, while we're talking about David Ortiz on the uh, Cholula hot seat here, because we can't let an episode episode go by without getting you guys a little hot under the collar. He (laughs) did an interview with Yahoo Sports this week, and they said, is there any dollar amount that could bring you back next year? Because he's already said, I'm definitely retiring. And he's like, no, I'm done. Well, unless there's $25 on the table, that'd be hard to turn down. If, say, the Red Sox write him a check for $25 next year, and he comes back and says, oh, forget about the retirement, would you be angry? Would you be okay with him doing it? What would your feelings be I'm okay with it. Get that money. Get that paper. You know, I mean, if he wants, if he wants to do it for twenty-five million, he's still swinging the bat like we're seeing right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, for all the he's been, all the going away presents, all the stuff, I would think it's a it's a huge. Oh, I'd make him give it all back. Well, you better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to give all the boots. Give all better, the yeah. Everything. Give it all back. back. I, I think now <laughs> he's past the point of no return. I, they could offer him a hundred million, and I still wouldn't be cool with him coming back. Really? Next year. Yeah. Really? You know, yeah. I would only. He's like, be a man of your word. Well, don't do it again, though. Don't wait three more years and then try to do it again. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you no. can't pull a Brett Favre and keep going back and forth. <laughs> what I really don't want to see is him to do the Roger Clemens thing where you start in May every year. You know? oh, you, that's so you ridiculous. get to skip spring training, skip the Come first on. month of the season. You set up the special travel yeah. schedule that you okay, get private I'll, planes I'll to all your here, stars. Start here. So if he's going to come back, be a full member of the team, uh, I'm all for it. I'm fine with it. You're, you're such a but you know, but guy, yeah, man. but I, I just I think the key thing is though is you know enough's enough. He's had a great career, you know, and and he's made enough money. And I don't think he has anything else to prove. And what he know. said he, in the interview, it's a great story. He said it's not the fact that he doesn't think he can play anymore. It's the body. He just wakes up in the morning and he hurts and he aches and it's more time in the training room. And it's not because he doesn't want to play. It's just that he really he, he you can't. know what I mean. The things he's going to probably end up doing too if, if he retires, we're still going to see a lot of him on on TV and doing things as an analyst and stuff. I think that would be great too. He'd stay busy. Oh, I have a, a very no good feeling he will not be longing for work right. uh, anytime. Yeah, he's going to be around. Yeah. But no, if he, if he came back after all, I mean, you go to say that and then you're every ballpark and they're just adulating you and flower, you know, presenting all these gifts. And then you say, oh, never mind. It's like to do what he's done this year, though. I mean, that production, it's, I mean, that that's, impressive. that's really hard to walk away yeah. from. I mean, he's talking about getting some major numbers and, and really cementing his legacy. Do you think those American League pitchers are giving him pitches because it's just last year? I don't, would you? No. 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 I mean, come I on. I might hit him, you know. Just really give him a night. That's yeah, your going away present, too. It, it wouldn't hurt him. So. I'll give you something to read. That's what I mean. I know it wouldn't hurt <laughs> Just give him a little memory. Is he, I know we're going coast to coast for a different city here, but is he on the Boston uh, Mount Rushmore for sports? No. Williams, Bird, or Brady, and Ortiz is waiting on the outside. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he cracks that top no. four. No, that's a, t- that's a tough force him to get that, into. That, 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 I don't know about that impact. One more World Series this I, year I, would I, that I do th- it? I think Russell's ahead of him too. Oh yeah, oh, Russell. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about so, that. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. 100%. I mean, what a, what a so, sports town. Get in they're, line. They're so lucky. Good yeah. God. All right. Is he? Unreal. Let me ask you this: Is he? So assuming Ted Williams obviously is far and away, is he the second best Red Sox ever? Ooh. I think they might say Pedro. 
Yastrzemski, Pedro. Yes, there are guys. That's, I yeah. mean, no, I don't. I can't but, put him in second. But Pedro with the know. World Series, you know, I mean that that changes something for breaking the curse. That's another day's argument. Ortiz that's was a, there for that curse breaking though. too. Absolutely, and for two more after that. I think Pedro was so on top because Ortiz has never been a top five guy in the game. I would say like Pedro was maybe the best player in the game and the best pitcher in the game at yes, the time. I so, agree. His is more about longevity to be. Where he and was. clutchness, I mean, don't forget, he had a lot of those you know hits for some of those World Series runs. Yeah, plus he's a DH, so I always ah, knock him down a peg for being a DH. DH, well, DH bias. That's a good point. I, I do. I, I I admit I have DH bias. I mean, yeah. to only play half the game, and he's done it really well. But you know, to be a, a guy that was on waivers. Yeah, you, you think know, he's got aches and pains now? What if he played every day? Yeah, put that on the day. put that on the docket. Interesting. Um, all right, let us know what you think about that Thursday three. Again, I say it's uh, Bobby Jones, Jim Brown, Ken Dryden. We had a lot of Barry Sanders love on Twitter. A lot of Michael Jordan, even though I think that's a bit of a quote unquote retirement since he came back twice. But <laughs> you're out of your mind. Grace gonna let that one slide. You're out of your mind. Uh, it's also uh, the Cholula hot seat. You guys are now off of that uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce. The hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. And, yeah, if Ortiz is playing again next year, he's got to come talk to me because i got a word to say to him. We're back with more Padres Social Hour previewing tonight's game when we come back right after this. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. It's James Shields and Jeff Samarja tonight as we get your set for that game here in the AMR studio. And it's been a great episode for guests. We had Andy Green before, <laughs> and now Randy introduce us to our newest well, couch member. Luciana Beretta, my granddaughter. Oh, Lucy. Our, our latest Padre fan. I love it. Love Are it. Are you a Padre fan? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Get some debate going Good on the show. show. There we go. That's what I like to see. <laughs> um, we're going to get to the tonight's lineup here in just a little bit, but it was a cool day today, too, and we're hoping to get some video to show you guys over the weekend. But a couple of Padres actually went out to the airport we're working with Southwest Airlines, and we got some tweets from the Padres account that they had sent out earlier today. So it was Christian Bethencourt and Ryan Buchter, and they were doing literally everything. And if you follow the Padres on Snapchat, they were showing Christian, you know, now boarding, come yeah, to the gate. Uh, Buchter tagging bags. Uh, what, was the, what was it called, the thing today? Trading Places. Trading Places, yeah, thank you. Uh, so it's Trading Places out there, uh, Airlines, it was great. Uh, they, were out, they were actually out on the tarmac. Directing the that planes really where to that go. That yeah. was crazy. That's, That's a little so scary. That is, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. let them out there. No. Can you imagine if you're a Padres fan, you're in seat, whatever, 12A, and you're looking out the window, and there's Christian Bethencourt. All right, next yeah. for takeoff. He's, he's steering the plane around and going, uh-oh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, that's the issue. No, I mean, he's just used to calling a baseball game, so I think calling the flight patterns and stuff right up his alley, <laughs> if you ask me. Okay, whatever you say. Exactly the same. <laughs> Very close. Uh, no, that was awesome, man. Uh, like I said, we're hoping to get you guys a bit of a more in-depth look, but that was, that's really cool. That's I like really that good. a lot. A lot of fun. We've got to work on doing that with us. Maybe, you know, get one of them hosting the show. And I can go play some ball one of these days. Whoa. Oh, my think about that. lose your head here, yeah. pal. We already saw my we running you run the bases. I already see you on the field a little bit. No, uh, that's questionable. Last year, we did have a player host the show. And Jesse sat to the third seat, Cody Decker. Cody so Decker. He, he sat in your seat. All right. So well, let's see if we can make that a tradition. And he's no longer with they us. They can do so your that's job. That's what happens. So, you know, he just 
and Jesse's no longer here on this show either, show. so <laughs> maybe that's not the best of ideas. <laughs> um, all right, let's get now to tonight's lineup, and it's brought to you by United Airlines. And a couple of changes as things get back to normal today for the Padres. So John Jay is back, leading off in center field as he got back into the game last night. Melvin Upton Jr. is batting second in left field. Matt Kemp in right, Brett Wallace cleaning up at third base. Will Myers going down to the five hole today at first. Then Christian Bethencourt, Mr. Airport, is catching and batting sixth. Alexei Ramirez, Alexei Amarista getting a start at second base. And then James Shields. So very much a new lineup from what we've seen yeah. the last couple days. But maybe I'll get him some I like that lineup. I do too. It's good. Looks yeah. good. All right. So that takes us now to the Supercuts head-to-head challenge. And uh, yesterday... You guys, the couch and blooper, are not making my job easy. It was the fifth time this year that the two guys the couch picked both went over at the plate. How am I supposed to pick a winner when both guys don't do jack well, at the plate? There's more to the game than just the there appearances. Uh, there, so yesterday, Mike. the couch had Will Myers. He went over four. Blooper had Travis Jankowski. He went over three. But Myers struck out three times, and Jankowski just the one. So that's what I went with was using wow. the Ks. So Blooper gets the point. He gets Jankowski for the second day in a row, and he pays off for the second day in a row. He's now up 18 to 13. And uh, Blooper, in my uh, book here, it says that you have the, ne- the pick today. But it is I me? forget yesterday. I think so, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. So back to you. What do you uh, got? Christian Bethencourt came on the show yesterday and got Ooh. a single. He did. The guys who've so been on the show have been you doing don't get really good well hit, here. Yeah, no retroactive, no retroactive hits. No. He got a good airport, good airport day today, right, though. Got day, all the flights off yeah. on time. And now coming in for maybe some uh, sending some balls up into the, the jet stream, maybe, after he sent some all planes right, up there today. There we go. How do you oh. like that? All right, know. Gracie, who you got? Uh, I'll take Brett Wallace. All right. Want to explain your pick? Uh, lefty. I like the way he's been swinging the bat. I mean, he's been one of the guys actually uh, getting some extra base hits, and uh, I like him in the lineup, and, you know, that's my guy. Good spot today, too, right behind Kemp and Upton and Jay. Hopefully some ducks in the pond for yeah. You never Wallace know. Mine will actually get a pitch to drive. He's who I was debating between. He had, uh, what was it, three hits? In the I, I really days. don't need to be fil- made feel better about my choice. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, Mike, three hits Mike, Mike Grace is a man of his convictions. best pitchers. I, was I can see this getting a little tits before the year's out. Well, before the All-Star break, I think. Um, so we'll see how it works. Uh, Andy Green, before the game today, uh, really lauding Melvin Upton's progression since opening day. Number eight hitter back then. Now he's up at number two, getting, uh, getting some, and good, some good ABs. And well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the starting lineup was brought to you by United, proud partner of the San Diego Padres, and a head-to-head challenge, of course, by Supercuts. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find the Supercuts near you at supercuts.com. Maybe Lucy here can give us our topic for the last segment. We'll talk about that. We'll see what she has to say when we come back on Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back here. They're putting the finishing touches on. I think it's been a pretty good show. Hey. And Andy Green. And the skipper on. I think it's awesome. Here. Yeah, a lot of good talk. It was some fun stuff. Uh, a tweet coming in here through the break. Uh, Mark Zumoski saying, we need, a, we need a win against the Giants. Yeah, I'd, That's a great I'd say idea. So. I'd say big so. time, big time. Uh, a tweet from earlier today. So the Tin Caps down in uh, single A, they're wearing, check out these jerseys they're wearing tonight. Tequila oh. Sunrise jerseys. Whoa. Looking good. Pink themed. And the great thing, you get to bid on these jerseys tonight. It's supporting the Vera Bradley Foundation for Breast Cancer. But those look sharp. I like the different gradients of the color. It's looking really good. That's I'll a lot of fun. I love the minor leagues, man. They can I do like anything they want down there. A lot there. of events, 
El Paso had the throwback jerseys uh, last week. Those I were think. cool. Yeah, yeah I, like I those love a lot. what they're doing down there with all the different jerseys. Now, you really might fun. be able to we wear brown probably tomorrow, Friday night, right? That's right. Bring back the brown on Friday night. Uh, well, the Padres yeah. will at least up here on I the big it. league level. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, wanted to talk as well. So we mentioned last segment now, Christian Bethencourt in the show yesterday had a good night. Brett Wallace, since he's been on the show, has been really producing well. One person who we can't really say that for, Andre Reed, the NFL Hall of Famer, Uh-oh. who was here, had his first pitch the other night. It wasn't the best no, one. That, that, uh, that, that, that wasn't solid. No, and he, <laughs> he didn't listen to his own advice. On this very show, on this couch, he said, I have to aim high because I know I'm going to release late and it's going to be low. That's exactly what happened. He, he 55-footered it instead of uh, following his own advice. So wait, you're saying a Bills player choked? Ooh, oh. blooper. What do you got to say about so that? Oh. I can't believe he said that. Was it wide right? Or <laughs> oh, it, it, it went to the coming. backstop. Let me put it that he way. It did, went to the backstop. Uh, Andre on the show said something about being wide left, and I cringe. I, <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but the fact that you're now cool with it, I love it. <laughs> nice. Uh, and he only got one shot, not four, Andre, no. at, the, <laughs> at, the, at the first That's pitch. That's true. Now, we love Andre, and uh, he's welcome back here uh, anytime. But it got us thinking some of the worst first pitches, and uh, we were able, blooper got some of the the footage he dug it up and some of these are actually like with Andre other athletes like Serena Williams I think John Wall we're looking at here a little bit if you got to figure you're at least used to some kind oh. of athletic motion oh. as Serena did hers at Yankee Stadium I mean at least she went over the top she threw it like 80 feet wow but if you're an athlete and uh, RJ maybe you're not the best man to talk to because your first pitch this year wasn't that great either That's but true. you've had enough that counted that I think you, you get a little bit of slack yeah I guess, yeah I'm just too many <laughs> I mean, all right you know I finally messed one up you know yeah the, the overall percentage uh, I think still goes in your favor but like that like John Wall he just he spiked it like 10 yeah. feet in front of him got to release a little soon insane do you ever throw a first pitch I mean you have Randy no. Gracie, never <laughs> no no I you have to be important for that I threw one <laughs> once. I, I, oh, yeah. At least oh. important at the time. Uh, one of the teams I worked for in the uh, Alaska Baseball League, I was their play-by-play guy for a summer. And the last game of the year, they had me and the other broadcaster come down and throw out a first pitch. And? And where were you at? Alaska. I mean. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Where were you? Were you Kenai? Oh, no. I was in uh, Palmer. Oh, Palmer. Natsu Miners. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I nailed it a perfect strike, but I threw from like 45 feet. Oh, I, <laughs> I didn't want to. They made us do that. I uh, wanted to throw from 60 and I 6. Like but uh, join us tomorrow at 6. Bob Scanlon and Brady Phelps, who's been on in Belize for a week, coming oh back my. from vacation. See if we get some stories from that. Thanks to you guys. Thank you, Andy Green. And let's see if the Padres can get that win tonight. This is Padres Social Hour. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.